Barry Duplissy here at PCA 2022 at the Sands Expo in Las Vegas, Nevada. Sitting in for the Cigar Coop Coalition, Ben Lee behind the camera, Aaron Nielsen and Will Cooper uh, hanging out behind us as well. We're sitting down here with uh, probably one of the biggest story, if not the biggest story here at the trade show. Uh, once again, the Crown Heads, Ace Prime, and now Oz Jenner Family Cigars booth here in the wonderful PCA trade show. Gentlemen, it is so so wonderful to sit with you and talk with you again. Uh, well, talk with some people for a first time. Thank you so much for making some time for us today. So absolutely, it's great seeing you guys. It's great to get a chance to get to know you and, and meet you. And it's an honor to be back. I've missed the industry for sure. Nice to be back with John too. It's great to have Tim back. I mean, it's we knew at the beginning. I mean, some of us knew at the beginning of last year that uh, Tim was coming back, and we were excited. And it was it was hard to kind of keep it within. We even didn't even tell our reps. We said, we got something exciting coming down the pike. And they're like, oh, Patissier? And I'm like, yeah, a little bit better than that. So um, it's really great to have the band back together. You know, a lot of the guys that are in our booth have been with us for 20 some odd years, going back to the CAO days. And so Tim and I go back to what, 96, I think, yeah. So, I mean. I remember when John first joined, he uh, he wrote a, a letter to, uh, to my father at the time. I was uh, living in California talking about how passionate he was about cigars. He saw an article on us in the paper and wanted to work for us. And my dad was like, hey, do you think we should hire him? And I'm like, listen, he's passionate. That's the whole thing. If he's passionate, then then he's, he's probably going to be good. And at first, John actually was our first shipping manager. Worst shipping manager. And my dad say, he is the worst shipping manager in the history of shipping managers. Terrible. <laughs> what do you want to but, do? But, and then he like he said, I want to do, you know, I like communicating with people and marketing and Sorry to embarrass you, John. No, but that, that's actually a great story that, that, that gets forgotten. Like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Tim, truly, because, like, I'd sent that letter to John O. God, it took four months, and I, I forgot I even sent it to him. And he happened to see the letter, and if it wasn't for him giving his dad the, the, the elbow, I'd be like, who knows where I'd be. He probably be would have still you. hired him. You know, my dad was a nice man, too, you know, so. It's just, I like imitating him, right? So, here you got one. Well, Tim, you mentioned about the passion, and John mentioned about the band back together and everything. And it's so great to see this story have a beginning, and then now coming back together and everything. You know, a lot, a lot of the CAO alumni, if you want to call it that, have that kind of origin story. Miguel has a similar story that John has, and a lot of other people as well. And you, your family brought so many passionate people to the industry, not just working for you, yeah, yeah. but. My good friend Will Cooper is over here because of one of your cigars, and it was one of the first cigars he ever smoked, and one of the cigar it was the first box I believe he ever bought, and you know, here we are over 10 years of cigar coupe coverage, and it's all because of you. Um, I remember smoking the uh, first, the first American, and I thought it was so cool yeah. uh, that you could have two different tobaccos, and this is just the story continues. The story continues, but the story continues to something completely different. CEO is in the past, it's a gorgeous past, but here we are today celebrating the inauguration of Oz Jenner Family Cigars. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's interesting when you were talking about that, a lot of people have been asking, like, like why are you getting back into the industry? And I explained this to John and, and our team at Ground Heads is that during the pandemic, it was an opportunity for a lot of introspection. And um, a friend of mine suggested I do this exercise on a timeline, which is like, you know, almost like the stock market. This year was good, this year was bad, this year was neutral. And, and you know, so when I did this exercise, I found that my high points in the stock market for my life was when I was in the cigar business. 
And I was like, well, why is that? And it was because, you know, it was creating and communicating. You're creating products that, and a lot of times you're down in Central America, it's based on like, what are they growing at the moment? What's high quality? What tastes interesting? What tastes different? What will you smoke? You'll say, wow, right? We always wanted to have that kind of element of surprise for people or a, a kind of a wow moment. So we always kind of aimed for that anyway. And then also it's like trying to convey that story or a story that is authentic to the public. So in this case, you know, we wanted to do, when I was looking at it and knowing I wanted to get back into it, I'm like, well, what is at the core important to me? Like, what are my values? What's, what is, what, who am I and what drives me? And what I found was that it was like flavor, the ingredients, the kind of the composition of that, the chemistry of them, and also good humor. Not just good humor and like, yes, I can imitate a few people and laugh, but also good humor like when you're in present company, that, you know, how you treat one another. And I think that for cigars it's important when you smoke a cigar, you know, that you're relaxed, you're open, you're engaged, you know, and these are things that the product automatically naturally does. A cigar is like a peace pipe. So this is kind of in this packaging here, Osgener Family Cigars, it's represented. Like, look, this in this case, we wanted to showcase the history and story of who are we? And who we are a lot of times goes back to our lineage, our heritage, our parents. So on this case, on this side of the box, this is Mount Ararat in Armenia. And you have the Armenian flag in the piping. My father was from Armenian. He was very proud to be an Armenian. And so am I to have that in my blood because Armenians are very hardworking and opportunistic and mercantile. And so Mount Ararat is a very holy place. On this other side, is Istanbul, Turkey, because my mother was Turkish. So this is showing the Bosphorus Strait that separates Europe from Asia and the Bosphorus Bridge that bridges these two sides together. So it's also a very historically important and strategic location. And then in the center, you have the Statue of Liberty in America and a light shining through onto the foothills of Tennessee. That represents kind of Every, and there's a boat in the middle which represents the journey because everybody in our lineage, at some point in time, I'm first generation. Now, my parents didn't come here on a boat. I mean, you know, a boat looks better than a plane, right? So we put a boat over here, there's water anyway. But some, somehow, some people came, you know, somebody from our heritage, our background, came to this country. And so this represents the American dream. And it also represents if a Turk and Armenian, two cultures that have had, a, you know, a troubled history, can get together and be married for 55 years and actually achieve the American dream, then I think that we all can do that and get together and, and smoke a cigar, relax, slow our breathing down, and kind of get to kind of know one another better and actually talk to one another. And if we have a lot in common, if we have nothing in common, you could have the cigar in common and maybe try to kind of listen while being relaxed and get to know one another in a real way person to person. And that's what I, that's what this represents. The blend is excellent. You know, the blend has a, a hybrid Habana seed and a, a, a Sumatra seed, Sumatra Ecuador. It's Ecuador Sumatra, the wrapper. It's got a double binder, which honestly I've never done in my career at CAO. So the double binder is like Connecticut seed grown in Ecuador and Jalapa. So it's got this nice kind of dichotomy going on of like the sweet and earthiness of Jalapa and also like the smooth butteriness from like the you know, Connecticut seed Ecuador. 
And the fillers also are like, you know, Esteli, Omotepe, and Jalapa. So you've got a lot of complexity there. We wanted to make the cigar accessible for a mild smoker that can step up and feel good. Or if you're a full-bodied smoker, it's also very complex and interesting. So that kind of gives what the idea was behind this brand. But but I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to talk about that. Absolutely. And it, you know, it's funny as you tell this, you sit here and this tell the story. And last year was the first time that I ever got to sit down and actually uh, speak with John. I've been a fan of John for John's for a long time. I love his storytelling, the way he tells stories with cigars. And uh, it's, you know, I think it's, it's easy to see where he got it from, uh, perhaps. But John, let's talk a little bit about the story. So was this a little bit, were you talking him into coming back or was he talking you into coming back or was it just a simple nod and it's time? Oh, it, it was real easy. Like Mike Condor, our other partner, said, uh, hey, I got some news for you. And I said, yeah, hey, Tim's coming back. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, that was, it was just that easy. It was like, I didn't see it coming, but towards the end of last year when we sat down and started talking seriously about how this would look and everything, I was like so excited to have his energy and his, I mean, he's such a creative force. Like going back to CAO and all the things that we did together, over that that scope of years it was just like the, some of the best years of my life really right and so just to have that back in the fold was like oh no brainer so I, I couldn't be more thrilled and same with our team when we told the team that you know Tim was coming back everybody all the old CAO guys were just like oh yes you know so I was very excited it was hard to hard to keep a secret but uh yeah. I want to say also what, what I appreciated being away from uh, the group that we had, which was a lot of the core group from CAO that went to start Ground Heads, in particular like John and, and Mike, was that we really have a really great team. They really enjoy working with one another. They have a deep passion for what it is that they're doing. And I think that if you offered them, it's not about money. I mean, of course, everybody, you need to have a living, but they work from their hearts. And so I think that that's a really kind of gift that we have. Uh, I heard a quote that I, recently that struck me, which is that um, culture trumps strategy. And I forgot who said it. But I feel like there's an inherent culture that we have amongst our team over here. But it's all rooted in what we're talking about, what you guys are about too, which is passion. The love for the product. Cigars. Indeed. And it's that culture that uh, has been fostered by John and Mike. And, uh, you know, when, when you were last in the industry, you created a culture as well of great relationships, great factories. You had cigars made with incredible families and everything. So now you come back, and obviously you're excited about the latest family in the Crown Heads, which is Tobacco Valera Pichardo, which is where your two cigars are made. Yes. When John and first introduced you to their tobacco and their process and everything, what, what were those feelings as you kind of got back into the back into the grind, so to speak? Well, I mean, look, uh, uh, the devil's in the details, you know, so I went down to uh, Nicaragua and I met the team at Tabacalera Pichardo, you know, Luciano and Eradio Pichardo in particular, and um, it's clear that, uh, you know, when we went to the fields and Eradio was like, that's when his passion comes out. Now, he speaks Spanish, I understand Spanish, but this man is the fastest Spanish speaker on the planet, so I couldn't understand him that well. So I was doing a lot of like sign language and hands, and, but I understood. He's so proud of the fact that, you know, the wrapper that is on Osgunner Family Cigars is coming from his field in Ecuador. And he rolled it for me, and we lit it and smoked it raw, and it was delicious, unfermented. So 
you know, the passion extends, right? And you kind of, the idea is you want to work with people that are passionate and are easy to work with. Because at the end of the day, we're doing this because this should be a joy. This should be a pleasure. We never at CAO, ever, blended something and we said, you know, wait a minute, how much is this? You know, how much is this gonna cost us with these materials? We would blend it based on, this tastes really good, we like it, brings us a lot of joy, we think we can extend that to our, you know, our consumers, our customers. We never were concerned about like, we never went in thinking about, oh, well, if I use this wrapper over this wrapper, it'll save me like, you know, 50 cents or five, whatever it is, you know? So speaking of joy, John, when when you first introduced Tim to uh, this this strategic, strategic partnership and alliance with uh, your friends at Ace Prime, what was that moment like for you when you saw him experiencing what he was just describing? Well, for me, I think that the main thing was just to stay out of Tim's lane, right? Like I could introduce him to the people that are doing cigars for us. You know, we've met with Ernie, he's met with you know Luciano on that team and everything. But what I the from a creative aspect, I wanted to stay out of his lane. I didn't want it to look like a Crown Heads retread. Even though it's part of Crown Heads, it needed it to have its own personality, its own vibe, and only Tim could deliver that. So he would ask me opinions on things, and I would be, okay, I would give you an opinion, but I never wanted to art direct it. I wanted him to be the creative force behind it. So what you see with Pi Anastasia, what you see with Bosphorus is truly like his expression. And if I had gotten in the middle of any of that, it would not have been such. So I, I mean, I'm like psyched as a cigar geek at what he created, and I'm like, man, that looks beautiful. And I know the story behind it, and obviously John was such an important part of my life, you know, to, to this day, you know, I, I miss that man so dearly. He was like, truly like a father to me and to many of these people on the floor. So I'd love to see like his legacy live on through these, there, there's stories behind that that tie back to John, obviously. So I think it was that's beautiful the way it worked. Right, I think that's important for you know, for people to understand. Well, you've brought all of this together, John. These are not crowned heads. Crowned heads is not Ace Prime. These are three beautiful families coming together and creating their own thing in this strategic alliance, as we've we've kind of said. Tim, we're going to take a moment to talk about this other uh, fantastic offering that you've brought to the PCA this year. And I'm really excited to hear you talk about this because I think this is also, like the Bosphorus, also has a great story as well. So why don't you share some? Yeah, I mean, it, it all has to do with what John was just saying is authenticity. Do you know what I mean? Like, what John creates is very authentic for him. And uh, what I was trying to do around Osgoner Family Cigars is I wanted to be very authentic as to who we are. So a lot of times I've been trained in uh, improv comedy. And, you know, so improv is life and a lot of times sometimes things happen and you go with it so I was down at the factory I was with Luciano and we were talking about uh, um, Luciano kept saying yeah I have this uh, I have this condition I'm like what is the condition it's a uh, synesthesia and I'm like are you kidding me so you have synesthesia so synesthesia is this thing that some people have where for him he, uh, if he hears clattering, he's at a restaurant, he hears clattering of forks and knives, his stomach tightens. Or another kind of sound may make him salivate. So for him, it's kind of like uh, a sound related to how he reacts physically. For my father, he didn't have synesthesia. He thought it was interesting. My father, the last 10 years of his life, he painted over 500 pieces of art. And it kind of 
he had some health issues that he battled towards the end of his life, but by painting, it eased him. It made him kind of connect to nature and see what's optimistic and beautiful about the world, you know? So that's what got him to paint. But he liked the idea of, of like some people thinking of, when you throw a number at them, they think of a color. So if I say the number one to you, you might think of the color red. And so my father was like, this is an interesting concept. I will do my own color number synesthesia. I will make three yellow. I will make one red, for example. And then he liked painting around the concept of pi, 3.14. So he has a lot of art that have to do with, you know, this pi synesthesia concept. So when Luciano said, I have synesthesia, I started showing him uh, online all my father's art, which you can still find online if you Google it. And, um, and then I started talking to him and I said, why don't we blend around the first color uh, my father painted in relationship to Pi, the number three, which represents yellow. Let's make the first cigar taste yellow. So we, went, we wanted to make the Vista here. This is an actual replica of one of his paintings because he had these tobacco leaves that he got, I remember he got them from like, Ernie sent them to him from the DR. And my father painted over them with the yellow paint and then he lacquered over it. So you could feel the veins and everything. So this Vista is an actual replica of that painting. And his signature for all of his paintings was this, yeah, he was good at, he was good at calligraphy. So this is a, a C. And so the idea is with the cigar, if I had one here, I'd show you. Um, but of course I don't. But there's a half smoke. Well, yeah, yeah, there's a half smoke one here. It's a great, great thing for the camera. <laughs> well, it's more than a half. So, all right, what does yellow taste like, right? As we played around with this. And so, at first we were playing around with some cigars that were like, when we're a Colorado color wrapper, I'm like, no, no, it's gotta be a Claro, right? It's gotta be like, you know, Connecticut, Ecuador. So we use Connecticut, Ecuador. And so when you smoke the cigar, I mean, what yellow may taste like to you might be different like to John or me, but hopefully you pick up notes of what we kind of perceived yellow to taste like. And this band is an actual replica of his pie, one of his pie synesthesia large installations that we have in our uh, conference room uh, uh, in Nashville. And then the signature is over here too. But it's a limited edition of like 2,500 boxes. The hope is, and, and you know, people here seem to be really enjoying it. I think it's, I think it's an excellent cigar. Uh, that the following year, we would do one around red. The following year, right, what does red look like? What does red taste like? He did similar ones like this with red. And the following year, what color did he paint? Is 3.14, what color did he paint for? And so on. I mean, there were like nine different colors that he utilized with it. And some people say, why purple? Yeah, he also had these really cool art books that uh, he had produced uh, and he had on the outside of him a sleeve that the art book went in and that was a purple art book with, with a gold C. So he said, let's just, let's replicate that too. So that, that's kind of the story here. Your father was an artist and so are you. <laughs> and so is John. And his art revolves around a lot around music, around food. And John, you've got some great releases this year too. Um, the Esfumado in C major and Le Patissier is back and is now regular production. But it comes with a catch. The Lonsdale is not back. These are three distinct sizes with the blend. Four. Four, excuse Four me. Four distinct sizes, yeah. I mean, we released Le Petitier as a PCA exclusive last year in a six and a half, 44 Lonsdale. 
And I think in hindsight, if I had to do it all over again, I don't think I would have dialed that blend down to that small of a ring gauge just because it forced our hand to find and source lower priming wrappers on that broadleaf in order to make it work. So I didn't really, even though I was proud of the release, I don't think it had the full expression of broadleaf that I had envisioned. So I said, let's start playing with the, with the range a little bit. So we went like 48 to 54 and it completely changed the, the profile. It really kind of opened it up, rounded it out, made it more rich, dessert-like kind of a cigar, which is the inspiration. Um, and so now we're here we are releasing it as a regular production, four sizes. There's a Senadoris, which is six and eight by 48. We've got a little number 50, which is four and three eighths by uh, 50. Cananazo, five and seven eighths, 52. And then we do a number 54, which is a five and three eighths, 54. The 50 and the 54 were actually like riffs off of K d'Orsay, the old Cuban brand. So there's a number 50 and number 54 in their portfolio. That was kind of my tip of the hat to that iconic brand. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for it. I think when you smoke it now, it, 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 it has what I envisioned, even though I was in love with that, you know, kind of Lonsdale size. It's just, in hindsight, I don't think it worked to the extent that this range works now. It's good to see that back. And it, 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 I really like that you took that project and you it, it evolved into, and it, like you thought, like you said, you were pleased with the release. Yes. But it was, you evolved it into something that was even more an expression of what you wanted and, and what you intended it to be. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So the Esfumado in C Major is a, is a different project as mm -hmm. well. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind that. So Esfumado is actually an old Renaissance painting technique uh, made popular by Leonardo da Vinci. In the Mona Lisa and it really to dumb it down it kind of what it does is it it, it takes away all the hard lines between the colors mm -hmm. so that it becomes as a soft kind of impression as opposed to like transitional like lines and outlines and that's what I envisioned with this blend I wanted something that was like didn't have the hard lines that was rounded that was easy to smoke I wanted something that quite frankly a lot of the stuff that we've been doing lately was like heavy and dark and robust and medium to full and I wanted something that you could have with a cup of coffee or if you wanted to chill a glass of rosé in the afternoon have something with that that wouldn't compete with it and that was the the idea I had for for this blend and so we did exactly that and used a Connecticut hybrid from Ecuador on the wrapper uh, it's 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 exactly what it's built to be it's, it doesn't have any hard edges or lines it's very smooth rich not heavy not a lot of pepper easy to smoke it was just a complete 180 from what we've been doing, and that's what I wanted to do. Terrific. And when uh, when can your fans expect to see uh, both of these cigars on the shelves? We're anticipating getting them in late July, uh, all of it. Everything we just talked about, Tim and I both, um, we started on this quite early. Um, packaging has been the, the, the longest uh, delay of anything, if there was a delay, but we're in good shape to have everything hit the shelves in the end of July. Terrific. Well, it's great that the fans will be able to enjoy this right uh, right away, and it's just such a con great continuation of the stories of, of the past being built. And now we're we're all excited for this new chapter, uh, or chapters rather, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be something that I think all of us uh, sitting here today and all the people out there um, are clearly excited about this. We're in a quiet corner, but this booth is bumping behind us, and uh, it's it's got to be exciting for you. I know it's exciting for you, uh, and I'm so excited for. Um, this next chapter, this is fantastic. And I also want to thank you guys for doing what you're doing because I think it's like really important. I mean, the storytelling is like such a key thing to do in, in our industry, similar to that of like, you know, whiskeys and bourbons. So I think what you're doing, bravo to you, congratulations, and keep doing what you're doing too because it's, I think, really important. 
very humbling. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Everybody, uh, look for these latest projects in the next chapters of the Crown Head and Osgenner Family Cigar Company coming to a retailer near you. There's Bear Duplicy here at PCA 2022. We'll see you soon, everybody.